This episode is sponsored by Audible. Audible is a leading provider of spoken word entertainment and audiobooks, and they have over 100,000 titles available for download. Visit audibletrial.com slash thescaldcircle to begin your trial and download your free audiobook today. It's time to relax, grab a drink, pull up a chair by the hearth, and have a seat in the Scald Circle to listen to chapters 31 through 34 of the Volsanga Saga, as told by Casimir. Before we begin our story, we wanted to remind you that we release new stories for free every week. Our shorter tales release on Wednesdays, and our longer chapter stories release every other Saturday. Find out where you can hear them on our website at thescaldcircle.com. And be certain to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, or whatever your favorite podcast app is. That way, you'll never miss out on one of our enchanting tales from around the world. In addition to our reminder, we have some exciting news for the month of July. You've likely noticed that our format sounds a little bit different. Not only that, but you may have heard, in addition to our story releases on Wednesdays, we will also now be releasing longer chapter-length stories every other Saturday. As if that isn't exciting enough, starting on July 9th, we will begin hosting Fireside Stories with the Skull Circle at 7pm Central Time every other Thursday. Our Fireside Stories will be a live stream of my Nogan and I regaling you with stories you may have never heard before, along with some of our very own witty banter. So, if you want to experience what a live show from the Skald Circle is like, that may be of interest to you. You can find more details under the events section on our website. Chapter 31 Of the Lamentation of Gudrun over Sigurd Dead As it is told in ancient songs Gudrun of old days drew near to dying as she sat in sorrow over Sigurd. Yet she sighed not, nor smote hand on hand, nor wailed she aught as other women. Then went earls to her, full of all wisdom, fain help to deal. To her dreadful heart hushed was Gudrun, of wail or greeting, but with a heavy woe was her heart a-breaking. Bright and fair sat the great earl's brides, gold arrayed before Gudrun, each told the tale of her great trouble, the bitterest bale she erst abode. Then spake Yofog, Yuki's sister. Lo upon the earth, I live most loveless, who of five mates must see the ending of daughters twain and three sisters, a brethren eight and abide behind lonely. Not Gat Gudrun of wail and greeting. So heavy was she for her dead husband, so dreadful-hearted for the king lay dead there. Then spake Herborg, queen of Hunland. Crueler tale have I to tell of my seven sons, down in the Southlands, and the eighth man, my mate, felled in the deathmead. Father and mother, and four brothers on the wide sea, the winds and death played with, the billows beat on the bulwark boards. Alone must I sing o'er them, alone must I array them, alone must my hands deal with their parting, and all this was in one season's wearing, and none was left for love or solace. Then I was bound a prey for the battle, when that same season wore to its ending, as a tiring may must I bind the shoon of the duke's high dame, every day at dawning. 
From her jealous hate, gat I heavy mocking, cruel lashes she laid upon me. Never met I, better master, or mistress worser, in all the wide world. Not, gat Gudrun, of wail or greeting, so heavy was she, for her dead husband, so dreadful-hearted, for the king lay dead there. Then spake Gulron, Gyuki's daughter, O foster mother, wise as thou mayest be, not canst thou better, the young wife's bale. She bade uncover the dead king's corpse. She swept the sheet away from Sigurd, and turned his cheek towards his wife's knees. Look upon thy loved one, lay lips to his lips, e'en as thou wert clinging to thy king alive yet. E'en as thou wert clinging to thy king alive yet. Once looked Gudrun, one look only, and saw her lord's locks lying all bloody. The great man's eyes glazed and deadly and his heart's bulwark broken by sword edge. Back then sank Gudrun, back on the bolster. Loosed was her head array. Red did her cheek grow, and the raindrops ran down over her knees. Then wept Gudrun, Gyuki's daughter, so that the tears flowed through the pillow as the geese withal that were in the home field, the fair fowls that May owned fell a-screaming. Then spake Gulrunt, Gyuki's daughter. Surely knew I no love like your love, among all men, on the mould abiding, not wouldst thou joy in, without or within the doors. O my sister, save beside Sigurd. Then spake Gudrun, Gyuki's daughter. Such was my Sigurd among the sons of Gyuki, as is the king leek, or the low grass waking, or a bright stone strung on band, or a pearl of price on a king's brow. Once I was counted by the king's warriors higher than any of Hersian's maize. Now am I as little as the leaf may be, amid windswept wood, now when he dead lieth. I miss from my seat, I miss from my bed, my darling of sweet speech, rot the sons of Gyuki, rot the sons of Gyuki. This sore sorrow, yea, for their sister, most sore sorrow. So may your lands lie waste on all sides, as ye have broken your bonded oaths. Ne'er shalt thou, Gunnar, the gold have joy of. The dear-wrought rings shall drag thee to death, whereon thou swearest oath unto Sigurd. Ah, in the great days bygone, great mirth in the home field when my Sigurd set saddle on Grani, and they went their ways for the wooing of Brynhild, an ill day, an ill woman, and a most ill hap. Then spake Brynhild, Budli's daughter, May the woman lack both love and children who gained greeting, for thee, O Gudrun, who gave thee this morning many words. Then spake Gulrun, Gyuki's daughter, Hold peace of such words, thou hated of all folk, the bane of brave men, hast thou been ever, all waves of ill, wash over thy mind to seven great kings, hast thou been a sore sorrow, and the death of goodwill to wives and women. Then spake Brynhild, Budli's daughter, None but Atli brought bale upon us, my very brother born of Budli. When he saw in the hall of the Hunnish people the gold agleaming of the kingly Gukings, I have paid for that fairing oft and full, and for the sight that when I saw by a pillar she stood and strained its wood to her, from the eyes of Brynhild, Budli's daughter, flashed out fire. She snorted forth venom, and as the sore wound she gazed on, 
of the dead slain Sigurd. Chapter 32 Of the Ending of Brynhild And now none might know for what cause Brynhild must bewail with weeping, for what she had prayed for with laughter. But she spake. Such a dream had I, Gunnar, as that my bed was a cold, and that thou didst ride into the hands of thy foes. Lo now, ill shall it go with thee and all thy kin, O ye breaker of oaths, for on the day thou slayest him, dimly didst thou remember how thou didst blend thy blood with the blood of Sigurd, and with an ill reward hast thou rewarded him for all that he did well to thee, whereas he gave unto thee to be the mightiest of men. And well was it proven how fast he held to his oath sworn when he came to me and laid betwixt us the sharp-edged sword that in venom had been made hard. All too soon did ye fall working wrong against him and against me, when as I abode at home with my father, and had all that I would, and had no will that any one of you should be any of mine, as ye rode into our garth, yet ye three kings together, but then Otley led me apart privily and asked me if I would not have him who rode Grani. Yea, a man no wise like unto you. But in those days I plighted myself to the son of King Sigmund, and no other, and lo now, no better shall ye fare for the death of me. Then rose up Gunnar and laid his arms about her neck, and besought her to live and have wealth from him. And all others in likewise led her from dying, but she thrust them all from her, and said that it was not the part of any to let her in that which was her will. Then Gunnar called Hogni, and prayed him for counsel, and bade him go to her, and see if he might perchance soften her dreadful heart, saying withal that now they need enough on their hands in the slaking of her grief, till time might get over. But Hogni answered, Nay, let no man hinder her from dying, for no gain will she be to us, nor has she been gainsome since she came hither. Now she bade bring forth much gold, and bade all those come thither who would have wealth. Then she caught up a sword and thrust it under her armpit and sank aside upon the pillows and said, Come take gold, whoso will. And all held their peace, and she said, Take the gold and be glad thereof. And therewith she spake unto Gunnar, Now for a little while will I tell of what which shall come to pass hereafter. For speedily shall ye be at one again with Gudrun by the reed of Grimhild the wise wife and the daughter of Gudrun, and Sigurd shall be called Svanhild, and the fairest of all women born. Gudrun shall be given to Atli, yet not with her good will. Thou shalt be fain to get Odrun, but that shall Atli forbid thee. But privily shall ye meet, and much shall she love thee. Atli shall bury thee, and cast thee into a worm close, and thereafter shall Atli and his sons be slain, and Gudrun shall be their slayer and afterward shall the great waves bear her to the burg of King Yonaker, to whom she shall bear sons of great fame. Svanhild will be sent from the land, and shall be given to King Jormunrek, and her shall bite the reed of Bicky, and therewithal is the kin of you clean gone, and more sorrows therewith for Gudrun. And now I pray thee, Gunnar, one last boon. Let make a great bale on the plain meads for us all, for me and for Sigurd, and for those who were slain with him, 
and let that be covered over the cloth dyed red by the folk of the Gauls. And burn me thereon on one side the king of the Huns, and on the other those men of mine, two at the head, and two at the feet, and two hawks withal. And even so is shared equally, and lay there betwixt us a drawn sword, as in the other days when we twain stepped into one bed together. And then may we have the name of man and wife, nor shall the door swing to at the heel of him as I go behind him, nor shall there be a miserly company if there follow him those five bonded women and eight bondmen, whom my father gave me, and those burned therewithal who were slain with Sigurd. Now more yet would I say, but for my wounds, but my life-breath flits, the wounds open, yet I have said sooth. Now is the dead corpse of Sigurd arrayed in the olden wise, and a mighty bale is raised, and when it was somewhat kindled, there was laid upon the dead corpse of Sigurd Fafnirsbane, and the son of three winters whom Brynhild had let slay, and Guttorm withal. And when the bale was ablaze, thereunto was Brynhild borne out. And when she had spoken with her bower maidens, and bid them take the gold that she would give, and then died Brynhild, and was burned there by the side of Sigurd, and thus their life days ended. While we were between chapters, we mentioned earlier that this episode is sponsored by Audible. I personally cannot recommend Audible enough. Being able to download titles and listen offline anytime and anywhere is extremely convenient. Recently, I've been listening to Lines of Departure by Marco Close, and it's a real treat. It's also just one of thousands of audiobooks that are available through Audible. If you have any favorite Audible titles, send us a message. We're always looking for new stories to listen to. If you're not already an Audible member, you can visit audibletrial.com slash thescaldcircle to begin your trial and download your free audiobook today. If you sign up and you're not certain what to download right away, don't worry about it. Your credits last for a year, so Audible never makes you feel rushed. Chapter 33 Gudrun Wedded to Otley Now so it is, that whoso heareth these tidings saith, that no such an one as was Sigurd was left behind him in the world, nor ever was such a man brought forth, because of all the worth of him, nor may his name ever mind us by the eld in the Dutch tongue, nor in all the northern lands, while the world standeth fast. The story tells that on a day as Gudrun sat in her bower she fell to saying, Better was the life in those days when I had Sigurd. He who was far above other men as gold is above iron, or the leek over the grass of the field, or the hart over the other wild things. Until my brethren begrudged me such a man, the first and best of all men, and so they might not sleep, or they had slain him. Huge clamor made Grani when he saw his master and lord sore wounded, and then I spoke to him even as with a man, but he fell drooping down to the earth, for he knew that Sigurd was slain. Thereafter, Gudrun gat her gone into the wild woods and heard on all ways round her the howling of wolves and deemed death a merrier thing than life. Then she went till she came to the hall of King Alf and sat there in Denmark with Thor the daughter of Hakon for seven seasons and abode with good welcome. And she set forth her needlework before her and did thereunto many deeds and great and fair plays after the fashion of those days, swords and birnies, and all the gear of kings and the ship of King Sigmund sailing along the land. 
Yea, and they wrought there, how they fought Sigar and Sigir, south and Fion. Such was their disport, and now Gudrun was somewhat solaced of her grief. So Grimhild comes to hear where Gudrun had taken up her abode, and she calls her sons to talk with her and asks whether they will make atonement to Gudrun for her son and her husband, and said that it was but meet and right to do so. Then Gunnar spake and said that he would atone for her sorrows with gold. So they send for their friends and array their horses, their helms and their shields and their bairnies and all their war gear, and their journey was furnished forth in the noblest wise, and no champion who was of the great men might abide at home. And their horses were clad in mail coats, and every knight of them had his helm done over with gold and with silver. Grimhild was of their company, for she said that their errand would never be brought fairly to pass if she sat at home. There were well five hundred men, and noble men rode with them. There was Valdemar of Denmark, and I moated Jarlsleaf withal. So they went into the hall of King Alf, and there abode them the Longbeards and Franks and Saxons, and they fared with all their war gear, and had over them red fur coats, even as the song says. Birnie's short cut, strong helms hammered, girt with good swords, red hair gleaming. They were fain to choose good gifts for their sister, and spoke softly to her. But in none of them would she trow. Then Gunnar brought unto her a drink mingled with hurtful things, and this she must needs drink, and with the drinking thereof she had no memory of their guilt against her. But in that drink was blended the might of the earth, and the sea with the blood of her son, and in that horn were all the letters cut and reddened with blood, as is said hereunder. On the horn's face were there all the kin of letters, cut aright and reddened. How should I read them rightly? The ling fished long of the land hadding, wheat ears unshorn and wild things innards. In that beer were mingled many ills together, blood of all the wood and brown burnt acorns, the black dew of the hearth, the god-doomed dead beasts innards, and the swine's liver soddened because all wrongs that deadens. And so now when their hearts are brought anigh to each other, great cheer they made, and then came Grunhild to Gudrun and spake. All hail to thee, daughter. I give thee gold and all kinds of good things to take to thee after thy father. Dear bought rings and bedgear of the maids of the Huns, most courteous and well dight of all women. And thus is thy husband atoned for. And thereafter shalt thou be given to Otli, the mighty king, and be mistress of all his might. Cast not all thy friends aside for one man's sake, but do according to our bidding. Gudrun answers, Never will I wed Otli the king. Unseemly it is for us to get offspring betwixt us. Grimhild answers, Nourish not thy wrath. It shall be as if Sigurd and Sigmund were alive when thou hast borne sons. Gudrun says, I cannot take my heart from thoughts of him, for he was the first of all men. Grimhild says, So it is shapen that thou must have this king and none else. Says Gudrun, Give not this man to me, for an evil thing shall come upon thy kin from him, and to his own son shall he deal evil, and be rewarded with a grim revenge thereafter. Then waxed Grimhild, fell at those words, and spake, Do even as we bid thee, and take, therefore, great honor, and our friendship and the steeds withal called Vinbjorg and Valbjorg. And such might was in the words of her that even so it must come to pass. 
Thus Gudrun spake. Thus then it must needs fall, howsoever against the wills of me, and for little joy shall it be, and for great grief. Then men leapt unto the horses, and their women were set in wains, and so they fared four days a-riding, and other four a-shipboard, and yet four more again by land and road, till at last they came to a certain high-built hall. Then came to meet Gudrun many folk thronging, and an exceedingly good feast was there made, even as the word had gone between either kin, and a pass forth in most proud and stately wise. And at that feast drinks Otley his bridal with Gudrun, but never did her heart laugh on him, and little sweet and kind was their life together. Chapter 34 Otley Bids the Gukings to Him Now tells the tale that on a night King Otley woke from his sleep and spake to Gudrun. Me dream, said he, that thou didst thrust me through with a sword. Then Gudrun reeded the dream and said that it betokened fire when his folk dreamed of iron. It befalls of thy pride, belike, and in that thou deemest thyself the first of men. Otley said, Moreover I dreamed that here waxed two sorb-trees, saplings, and fain. I was that they should have no scathe of me. Then these were riven up by the roots and reddened with blood and borne to the bench, and I was bidden to eat thereof. Yea, yet again I dreamed that two hawks flew from my hand hungry and unfed, and fared to hell, and me seen that their hearts were mingled with honey, and that I ate thereof. And then again I dreamed that two fair whelps lay before me, yelling aloud, and that the flesh of them I ate, though my will went not with the eating. Goodwin says, Nowise good are these dreams, yet shall they come to pass, surely thy sons are nigh to death and many heavy things shall fall upon us. Yet again I dreamed, said he, and methought I lay in a bath, and folk took counsel to slay me. Now these things wear away with time, but no wise was their life together fun. Now falls Otley to thinking of where may be gotten that plenteous gold which Sigurd had owned, but King Gunnar and his brethren were lords thereof now. Otley was a great king, and mighty, wise, and a lord of many men. And now he falls to counsel with his folk, as to the ways of them. He wotted well that Gunnar and his brethren had more wealth than any others might have. So he falls to the reed of sending men to them, and bidding them to a great feast, and honoring them in diverse wise. And the chief of those messengers was Hight Vingi. Now the queen wots of their conspiring, and misdoubts her that this would mean some beguiling of her brethren. So she cut ruins, and took a gold ring, and knit therein a wolf's hair and gave it into the hands of the king's messengers. Thereafter they go their ways according to the king's biddings, and or ever they came a land, Vingi beheld the ruins and turned them out in such wise as if Gudrun prayed her brethren in the ruins to go meet King Otley. Thereafter they came to the hall of King Gunnar, and had good welcome at his hands, and great fires were made for them, and in great joints they drink the best of drink. Then spake Vingi, King Otley sends me hither, and is fain that you go to his house, and home in all glory, and take of him exceeding honors, helms and shields, swords and beernies, gold and goodly raiment, horses, hosts of war, and great and wide lands, for saith he, he is the fainest of all things to bestow his realm and lordship upon you. Then Gunnar turned his head aside and spoke to Hogni. In what wise shall we take this bidding? Might and wealth he bids us take, but no kings know I who have so much as gold as we have whereas we have all the hoard which once lay on Yithi Heath, 
and great are our chambers, and full of gold and weapons for smiting, and all kinds of raiments of war. While I wot that amidst all men my horse is the best, and my sword the sharpest, and my gold the most glorious. Hogney answers, A marvel is it to me of his bidding, for seldom hath he done in such wise, and ill-counseled will it to be to wend to him. Lo now, when I saw those dear-bought things the king sends us, I wondered to behold a wolf's hair knit to a certain gold ring. But like Gudrun deems him to be minded as a wolf towards us, and will have naught of our faring. But withal Vingi shows him the runes, which is said Gudrun had sent. Now the most of folk go to bed, but these drank on still with certain others, and Kospera, the wife of Hogni, the fairest of women, came to them and looked on the runes. But the wife of Gunnar was Glamvor, a great-hearted wife. So these twain poured out, and the kings drank, and were exceeding drunken, and Vingi notes it and says, Not may I hide that King Otli is heavy of foot, and over-old for the warding of his realm, but his sons are young and of no account. Now will he give you rule over his realms, while they are yet thus young, and most fain will he be that ye have the joy thereof before all others. Now so it befell that both Gunnar was drunk, and the great dominion was held out to him, nor might he work against the fate shapen for him. So he gave his word to go, and tells Hogni his brother thereof. But he answered, Thy word given must even stand now, nor will I fail to follow thee. But most loath am I to this journey. And that is chapters 31 through 34 of the Vasonga Saga from Norse Mythology. Thank you for listening to our story. If you enjoyed it, we recommend taking a look at our Patreon page, as noted in the description below. You can earn great rewards while also supporting us to keep these stories alive for generations to come. Also remember to subscribe to us on your podcast app, and to leave us a five-star rating if you enjoy this story. A special thank you to Kat for their support this month. Without your contribution, we would not be able to continue these stories, and we truly appreciate it. Visit thescaldcircle.com to stay up to date with all of our current events, news, and much more. Not only that, but you can also visit our story archive of every tale we have ever told. It's sorted by origin and region for the convenience of your listening. Thank you for listening to our story. Don't forget, this episode is sponsored by Audible, the leading provider of spoken word entertainment and audiobooks. While this story is over, you can visit audibletrial.com slash thescaldcircle to begin your trial and download your free audiobook today. Let us know what you've listened to recently on Audible via our Facebook page. We're always looking for new recommendations.